With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Three minutes past seven o'clock. Good morning. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. Brent Costello coming to you from Los Angeles today. And I look down the screen and I see my great mate, Tim Payne. Morning, Payne. Morning, Breno. Or lunchtime for you, I believe, isn't it? 12.03 here. Yes, it is, Tim. So it's nice to be doing the show at a reasonable hour for a change. Have you just got out of bed or what's what's the morning look like for you? Yeah, had a slow day or slow start to the day today because we have been going absolutely hammer and tong since we arrived. So it's been nice to do nothing all morning and just prepare for the show, Tim, as I like to be professional. I've been doing my research for the last three or four hours, as I'm sure have you be. have as well. Absolutely. I've been doing my research on you, actually. <laughs> and you don't actually have to tell our listeners what you've been up to because all you got to do is follow your social media. I've never seen anyone document every single second of your holiday. Can you give it a spell? Just trying something a little different, Tim. I, I enjoy doing videos and photography when I'm away. So I thought I'd um, just, it's not for everyone, it's more for me. And I just, I just thought I'd upload it and it's got some good feedback so far. Well, so pretty happy with how it's going. From who? Hamish. Um, my mum and my dad and my wife and my kids. So they've all go. enjoyed it. Yeah, all the important <laughs> people then. It's fair to exactly, say. Exactly, that's right. Um, speaking exactly. of your liking photography, you started as a cameraman, didn't you? I did. Not many yes. people know that, that you can start as just the cameraman and now you are the face of media in Tasmania. You can't typically. Yeah, you can't typically. But yeah, a little unusual path. Tim, that's probably a story for another day, though. We don't it is. It is. I've, I have got one thing for you that I did no, notice on your TikTok, that you broke the violations of Qantas flights. Did you know that? <laughs> what did I do? You were what not allowed to film on a Qantas flight. What? What do you mean? Look it up. You're not allowed to film on a you Qantas can't... flight. Is that and you're right? filming. Oh, I think you were <laughs> filming in the middle of uh, the safety thing that you should be listening into. I don't think I was doing it through the safety demonstration. I was taking a lot of notice of that, given I was on a long haul flight and I wanted to know what the hell I was going to do if we had any trouble. But if that is true, that is news to me, Tim. I didn't know. Hamish, that. can you look that up? I'm pretty sure you cannot film on Qantas <laughs> domestic flights. You just said you can't, Tim. You've gone with the facts. I am is it, can 99% you sure you can't. Okay. So expect when you land back here in Hobart, you might be taken aside. <laughs> okay. We I'll may not have a co-host, Hammer, which Hamish is totally comfortable with because he's happy to step, step straight in in his Star Wars shirt this morning. He's in your seat as we speak. <laughs> is he? And I haven't seen him look as comfortable as he is right now as when he was sitting in my seat last week. This is a man desperate, well, desperate to step up. You never go on holidays in show business, Timmy. I told you that. So you're lucky that you are back today because Hammer was outstanding for the preamble and the end of the show. I'm sure he was. What day was it? Monday, yes. It's got to be said, though, when I'm away, it's not a major issue, is it? Because anyone can sit here and make it make stuff up and talk rubbish. But when we need someone to actually host the show, when you're away, we get a little bit gun-shy. We get a little bit nervous. 
Do you? Hamish is uh, just sending me a text. You can't take photos or film others, including staff, on board a Qantas plane unless you have consent of those who you featured in your video. It's been introduced in November last year. So, Brent, anyone from Qantas who's listening, his name is Brent Costello, uh, and I think it incurs a rather hefty fine, Brent. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I, put that on I top of your holiday allowances and you'll be coming home with zero. I think we're in the grace period, Tim. I'd love to know how you knew that if it's only coming in November last year. I Well, when I get on planes, I pay attention to what they tell me. You are an expert on filming things, so I'm not surprised you knew oh, that information. Oh, that's a low blow. <laughs> well, that's I'm a just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, Tim. Where are we you're going all across that sort of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Right, I, I, we're going there. What are you, where are you going with it? I, okay. You do a lot of social media work. That's what anyway, I'm talking now about. Let's, let's move on, Brent. You're in the States. Tell us, what, what have you been up to and what's on for the rest of the trip? Yeah, been busy. Went to Salt Lake City first stop and went and saw the Jazz and the Thunder a couple of nights ago, which was which was really good. My first NBA experience and we might You're a Thunder fan a little bit later in the show. I'm a Thunder fan and in, the, in that division, I'm, I'm an Orlando fan in the in the east coast so uh, i've got one in each each conference tim but uh yeah, unfortunately what? the result we're after hang they on got done. hang on can we just take back step you've got two teams i do yeah one in each each conference and what happens if they played in the finals oh look it'll be like when tazzy plays essendon for you won't it you just no i'll be going for tazzy because a... i only have one team <laughs> You're, you and Hamish, Hamish wears 15 different sports teams apparel, and now I find out that you've got two teams in the one competition. Why Just haven't you got NBA, an East Coast team that when the Eagles aren't playing? <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> no, I don't. I certainly don't in the AFL. No. That's Absolutely not. Um, but what, uh, the, um, Josh Giddy, is he get, still getting booed? He was. It was disgusting. Yeah, Did you really stand was. up for they, him? They really got into him. Not really. I would have. I would have drowned me out. But uh, I thought it was pretty ordinary. Did you have a giddy top on? And obvious. No, no, I didn't. Well, my son had a Shay Gilgis Alexander top on, and we got to go and say good day to the great man, which was a SGA. An absolute thrill. One of my favourite SGA. players. SGA. You had no idea who he was till. Yes, I did. He's so a top five you, player in the NBA brand. Not. Of course, I know who he is. <laughs> No, don't know everything about him, but I know who he is. He looked, I must admit, tell on you your what, social media, he looked thrilled to be having a photo did, with didn't he? an SEN star like yourself. He did. He looked absolutely wrapped. Um, I, I want to tell you a story. Speaking of breaking violations, I might be in trouble for this as well, right? So at the end of the game, we thought, we, we, we had okay seats, but we wanted to get a bit close to the court and check it out. Everyone starts okay seats. onto the court. OKC seats. Well, remember <laughs> Hamish told us he had OK seats at the grand final and he was sitting on the light tower. Yeah. No, so we're, we're, we're back a little way, but I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll be back a lot further at uh, Crypto.com Arena for the Lakers tonight than I was in Utah. Anyway, end of the game. Everyone starts filing onto the court. Five minutes earlier, I said to the lady, can I just have a photo on the edge of the court? She said, no, no. Anyway, they've roped the court off. Everyone's filing on, filing on these big boxes of basketballs. Everyone's grabbing the balls out, having a shot. So I said to Leo, let's go. What are we doing? So he jumped the seats, got out there, picked up a ball out of this box, went and had a shot, missed the shot, Tim, unfortunately. Unsurprisingly. And then this, this bloke comes up to me and goes, you're not meant to be out here. 
And I said, what do you mean? Everyone's out here. He goes, this is a paid opportunity, paid experience. Get off. So I had one opportunity and I stuffed it up. And I, there ball? is video evidence. No, it wasn't an airball. I might flick it through to Hammer to put on socials later. We'll see. So that you have taken some video whilst you've been on holiday that hasn't gone on to social media. Yes, because okay. I wanted to do a little comparison video. Do you remember Michael Jordan hit that game-winning shot at the Delta Centre? I do. So I was gonna, I was gonna put them side by side and say which one do you think is the better shot? Okay. <laughs> we'll well, say. We'll see. He'd be, he just he, a, a been, gag he was off the ground a bit further than I reckon you would have got your feet off the ground <laughs> for one. I was right under the rim too. I did this layup and I absolutely missed it. Stuffed up my big moment. But anyway. Can Life you, goes on. What about this I'm reading in the rundown, a little bit of a history with Jimmy Kimmel. Can you give us the quick the quick version of this story? No, it's not a, a history with Jimmy Kimmel, but obviously Jimmy Kimmel is a very well-known late-night talk show host. He's about to host the Oscars, Tim. That's how he big is. this man is. And we we're, were lucky enough to go and watch his show yesterday afternoon. Well, he, him and Aaron Rodgers are uh, having a bit of a tiff. Are they? Over the Epstein files, I believe, wasn't it? Didn't you see that? That was huge. No, I missed that. I've missed that. Anyway, continue. Anyway, I was in the States back in 2010, and all I wanted to do, because I'm a TV nuffy, all I wanted to do was go and see David Letterman. All I wanted to do. So there was a bit of a process to do it, and you had to go and apply for tickets. You had to wait around your hotel all day to get a phone call to see if you got the tickets or not. So I wasted a whole day in New York waiting for this phone call. Finally got the phone call to come through. And they said, you've got tickets. And I'm like, you absolute beauty. So I went down there, lined up. This is an afternoon recording as well. Lined up. This is a waste of my whole day. Couldn't have been more excited though. So I get into the Ed Sullivan Theatre, which is iconic, of course. Sit down. On the way in, they said, do not take any photos or videos or anything like that. Bit on like that excited, flight. Exactly. I'm that excited to be in the Ed Sullivan Theatre, the iconic Ed Sullivan Theatre. I thought, I'm going to have to snap a sneaky photo no. here. So I sat down, sat down, looking around at this famous set. So excited. And I thought, nah, I'm going to pull the camera out. Anyway, I got, I got the camera out, took a photo, looked at it, and it was really dark. I thought, nah, I'm going to have to go again here. Anyway, I've done it again, and the flash has gone off this time. It's gone, <laughs> and lit up the whole place because it was so dark. Next minute, a guy comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, come with me, please, sir. Takes me away and out a side door, shut it on me, and that was the end of my experience. So Gonski. that's when I say, uh, Gonski, out the door, didn't say anything more. It was, and so oh, it's I fair to like say, that how, how long ago was that? Uh, that was 2010. And you haven't learnt your lesson, have you? Because <laughs> you you've mean? done it again this week. Well, what do you when, mean? When will you learn? At, like we all make mistakes, Brent, but you keep you keep doing it. I hope Qantas. I, was just, I hope Qantas oh, see this Tim. audio on the SEN Tassie Facebook, and I hope they come looking for you because you need to be taught a lesson. Tim, Tim. Seriously. In fact, I'm going to ring. I'm going to ring Qantas and say that Tim. on this flight, a man took a photo. I believe I was in it, and I did not give my consent. <laughs> Well, the only photo I got on there was the back of people's heads anyway, and yep. surely there's a grace period. And surely they announce that on the plane if you're not allowed to do that. Everyone was doing it anyway. I've no case to answer. 
whatsoever. You are listening to SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. We are powered by Kubota, of course. They're doing a wonderful job sponsoring us here on the show. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Love to hear from you too on the Harcourt's open line this morning. Harcourt's more than just real estate professionals. Call us 1342 1533 or text us 0437552. 535. Tim is in charge this morning. I do not have access access to the text machine, so I'm a little worried because we know the great man can't read. So well, good luck, Tim, this Well, I have morning. got one text. Two texts have just fired through, actually. Two. Brett's gone for one day, and it seems to be falling apart. We have no coverage on the app. That's from David. No. That's good to hear, Brent. Um, no what audio else, coming through, lads. The wheels have fallen off since Brett's departure. <laughs> Cheers, Josh. <laughs> Hamish, what's going on, mate? Oh, no. Anyway, we've, we, you can still hear us on 1629, of course, and 1611. Well, it happens a lot so with the app, Brent, and I just think people's reception isn't good enough. Pay a bit more for a plan or go with a better service <laughs> provider, people. Simple. Oh, dear. You're waking up with us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. As I said, call us on the Harcourt's open line, 1300 1533, or text us 0437-552-535. We're off to our first break of the morning and coming back to talk cricket next. Smith punches this through the covers. I'll get two here, and they'll win the series 3-0. The summer of domination from Australia continues, and the West Indies... Haven't fired a shot. Australia win by eight wickets. What a performance by the home side. Well, there you go. Australia completing its fastest ever ODI chase against the West Indies at Manica after dismissing the visitors for 86 in the 25th over. The Aussies needed less than seven overs to chase it down. Tim, what are your thoughts, please? Oh, it makes the Test match loss even worse, watching how bad the West Indies were, Brent. Do you agree? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've knocked them I mean, off with half a team in 25 overs. What I did take out of it, and I know he's in the rundown, but how good was the first 10 overs of our batting? Oh, sublime. He is. Well, Inglis was superb as well, but Jake Fraser McGurk is box office. Isn't you cannot watching? not watch when he is batting. And I know... We've had some chats around Weatherald and selection and banging the door down this week, but God, it's got to be hard for them not to pick him. Purely for entertainment value, I'd be pushing him through as quickly as I possibly could, even into the creams, I think, Brent, at some stage. And I know Ricky touched on that during the week that he's he has. He's got a similar story, a similar feel to him to, to David Warner and sometimes, I've, I said it last week with Weatherall in it on a Tasmanian level or domestic level, sometimes when you get talent like that you've just got to push it through and fast track it As he is next level and when he's on TV you cannot stop watching and all I was thinking the other night when he was going berserk was can you imagine when Glenn Maxwell's in that team with him or Mitchell Marsh like it's going to be one of the most entertaining teams dare I say it, ever assembled Ooh, that's a big the batting lineup. The batting line, mate. It is. It is box office. Every ball, there is something happening, something extraordinary, something so skillful that you just don't. You just don't see it every day. I was fixated, and I've seen a lot of cricket, a lot of cricket, and he is yeah. entertainment, and that's what we want. How long has he been on your radar for? When did the name Jake Fraser McGurk come on your radar? Because we know he's been around domestic cricket for a little while, but when did you think? 
gee, this guy's got some X factor and something different to everyone else. I, I first heard of him when he was probably 15 or 16, and he was he was highly spoken of in, in underage circles, but you always have a lot of guys coming through underage cricket who are highly spoken about. But I think he, he debuted maybe even... I think it was at the MCG, and he got a 50 in his first innings of Shield cricket, and he played some shots that day. And I thought he had clearly had some talent. Um, but I think there was probably the worry in the last few years, was he, was he ever going to realise it? And I think the move for him, for whatever reason, the move to South Australia is, has worked for him. He seems to have matured really quickly. Um, he played an extraordinary innings against Tasmania this year where he got 130 off about 28 balls. Um, and from there, he's just gone from strength to strength. And his big bash this year was, uh, I wouldn't, it wasn't amazing. But again, he just did things in 60s and 70s that everyone, I think, was thinking, gee, this boy can really, really play. And when he was interviewed and when he was walking out to bat and when he was running between the wickets, he's just got that bit of it, it factor about him, I reckon. And he's, he's incredibly watchable and he's incredibly likable. And he's got superstar written all over him. Speaking of superstars written all over him, Xavier Bartlett has made a, a stunning start to the ODI series. Um, what sort of ceiling does he have moving forward? Yeah, again, I think he's a he's test cricketer in the making. There's no doubt about that. He just needs to get the opportunity. And obviously our test attack and our, our one-day attack at full strength, he's still not there. But all you can do when you are uh, highlighted as a potential international cricketer is when you get your opportunity is take it and he's certainly done that albeit against a pretty ordinary West Indies team but I think the type of bowler is as I said um, on Monday on air he's a bit taller and he's a bit quicker than you think he swings the ball in any conditions and I heard Steve Smith talk about him during the week saying he remembered facing him in the Gabba Nets three or four years ago and thought gee this kid presents a beautiful scene um, and we saw that first hand against the West Indies in games one and three where he was our best bowler in both those games he played. Let's go to domestic cricket. The Tasmanian Tigers absolutely firing Ooh. in the Sheffield Shield, defeating the Bulls uh, thanks to a superb 10 for our guest later in the show, Gabe Bell, and a captain's knock for our man Jordan Silk as well. We are flying, Timmy. We are flying, and, and probably surprisingly, Brent, would you say, I know we spoke about it, before the start of the year and thought, we both thought, I certainly did, thought that we would struggle, um, certainly with the loss of a couple of really key bowlers um, and probably Ben McDermott in that middle order. But have, we've covered them. We found they've been really clever with their selection, picking the three all-rounders and having lots of bowling options for Jordan Silk to throw at batting lineups. Work. We've taken 20 wickets a lot um, and we're sitting clear on top of the ladder. And I think even, and I saw in the paper during the week they spoke about this inner belief that they had I think that's built as the season's gone on I don't think even they thought they'd be sitting where they are right now in the Sheffield Shield but talking to Silky during the week there is a great feeling around the group there's that real inner belief and something special is brewing and I think when you get on a roll like they are at the moment you can be really hard to beat and, and I thought one of the key pieces to us going even further in the Shield for the rest of this year is Caleb Jewell and it was good to see him get some runs in a one day game I know it's a different format but he'll take confidence from that. And I think when he kicks into gear, we'll be even harder to beat in the shield. And if that wasn't enough, Tim, we smashed them as well in the Marsh Cup game. They won by five wickets, the Tigers, with 23 overs remaining, if you don't mind. Caleb Jewell, 61. He made him player of the match, of course. And the Bulls bowled out for just 150. 
Yeah, and Ian Carlisle, again, in his probably his second or third game taking three for as well. So, again, it's the same as the Shield. It looks like now we're starting to build some real depth. We've spoken a lot about Jake Weatherall not getting a game. He played in the one in the one day, but he can't get a game in the Shield. We've got Riley Meredith on the sidelines. And so guys like Ian Carlisle getting opportunity. Mitch Owens getting opportunity. Brad Hope's getting opportunity. Uh, even Charlie Wakeham's a bit older, but he probably wouldn't have been seeing himself playing a lot of cricket at the start of the year. He got an opportunity and he's taken it. Uh, Jake Doran's not getting a game in our one-day team. So all of a sudden, from 12 months ago, we're building some real depth and we've got some really good players who actually aren't getting a game in both our Shield and our one-day team. And that's a sign of a team that's playing well, uh, a team that's winning, um, and it bodes well for the rest of the season when you've got talent on the sidelines ready to come in if needed. And you teased us with this, uh, might have been on Monday or last week, that... Nicky Chowdhury was about to re-sign with the Hurricanes for three seasons, and that's exactly what has happened, Tim. A big signing after a breakout campaign. Yeah, I did hear that, and I didn't want to let it slip because it wasn't really my place to, Brent. But um, what's interesting yes, it about is, it... You're in the media now, pal. If you've got information, you share it. Well, it's more how you come across that information, Brent, isn't it? And as a an assistant coach, I have some eyes on some things that were probably sent out to big bash teams on who'd been re-signed in that embargo period so for me to spruik that on SEN probably wasn't the right thing to do but what is interesting well, you did Brent, though because, didn't you you did no I just told you and you, you didn't broke run the with code oh Splinters code. Costello didn't run with it <laughs> but what's interesting is Brent he obviously had a big spread in the Mercury last week and spoke about the importance of playing Shield cricket and having a state contract, and that was important in his decision making. So, making sorry, so interesting to see the end of this season have the Tigers or will the Tigers sign him to a state deal, or have they already? You'd think so, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You would sign him. Well, we've talked about this. I'd give him, I'd give him a one or two year deal. Yeah. But surely if he's signed with the Hurricanes, do you think he's signed a Shield deal as well or not? Well, that would be my thinking going off what he said in the paper. Mm. I have no line of sight on it. I haven't heard anyone speak about him signing a state contract with Tasmania, but he made it clear that that's what he wanted to do. That was a part of his decision-making on where he'd be playing his big bash cricket. So if we're putting two and two together, Brent, it equals four. It does indeed. You are listening to SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. The Harcourt's open line is open. Tim, is anything coming through for us this morning? Yeah, mainly around the uh, app at the moment, Brent. So thanks for everyone texting us through, letting us know that the app is up and firing. Uh, David's come on and said, I would... If my app wasn't listening, it wasn't working, I would listen on the AM band, but Hutchie has paid for the worst reception on the AM band. He must be paying Brent too much. Uh, What else have we got? Yeah, there's a bit going on, Brent. We'll have to work through it. Tell David, who's been very text-happy this morning, to maybe update (laughs) his app. Mm, Okay. That's a mistake. Interesting. Um, Another one here is Tim coaching at the Strikers next season. Cheers, Andrew. Yes, I am. I'll be back at the Strike Force, and we'll be going two steps further next year. That's locked in, is it, Tim? You're back to Adelaide, are you? Yes, I uh, have a two-year deal there, Brent, so... Okay, interesting. No worries. Why is that? Good. I just I couldn't remember what you'd signed. I couldn't, I couldn't remember what you signed for if it was one or Blake. two. So it just means we'll be off air again for six weeks while you go and do your thing, I suppose. You can thank me for that later if you like. 
We've got to get to the news. We're very, very late, but get us on the Harcourts open line this morning. Harcourts, more than just real estate professionals, 1300 or text us 0437 Maddie Reid from Taz Racing will join us after this. SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Friday morning. I think that was Rocket from Little Red there, Tim. Did you across that song? Well, I couldn't hear it because you were talking that loud over the top of it. Me and Snapper had our eardrums burst there. <laughs> I'm just glad Snapper's there because I can't see a thing. But uh, I can hear the great man's voice. There and thanks to Taz Racing, big races in fantastic places down in Tasmania. Matty Reid, welcome to the show. Morning, Breno. I'm in your chair today. Uh, my feet can't touch the ground, but uh, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in your chair. Yep. He, he asked for a photo. It's like almost a, an attraction down here in Hobart now. Can I come and sit in Brent Costello's chair and have a photo with the SEN band behind me? You're an idiot, Tim. We've got another text uh, in here, Brent, saying, Magnificent oh. work, BC. I love that. I think that was in relation to your having a bit of a snap at me about my photography or video skills on a phone. I wasn't was trying to be nasty. Very uncalled for. I wasn't trying to that's be nasty. All right, we were teammates here, but that's all right. You've clipped me all morning, Tim. You've run Qantas and told me not to take photos on a plane. So if we're going to play hardball, we'll play hardball. I'm happy. Snappy, to. you aware of that rule? Who's taking photos on the plane? You can't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> well, haven't you been no. following the my esteemed co-host? I've seen him get social media. I said SGA and a few different things, but I didn't see. Mate, he has documented every minute of his trip, including on a Qantas flight, which is it's you're breaking the law. Yeah. Well, it's it's a new rule apparently. One, oh, I think Tim's made it up. To be fair, hey Snapper, let's uh, let's straighten up because it is the weekend for racing in Tasmania, Hobart Cup, Derby Day, and the Mystic Journey as well. So we've got lots to look forward to over the next few days. Yeah, no, it's an absolute ripper, Breno. Uh, weather's turned it on too. Forecast is super, so hopefully fans will be flocking out to Elwick this weekend. It does start this afternoon. First race is about twenty to three. Uh, Derby Day, Paddy Payne's won this race the last two years He's probably going to win it uh, for a third successive year Bold Souls, heavy favourite for that one and, and I think he'll be winning And yeah, the Mystic Journey, this race formerly the Bow Mistress At Group 3 level for the first year at Honours Mystic Journey Who uh, racing fans will know, certainly one of the modern day greats And I guess you could make a case, maybe the best that's ever come out of Tasmania uh, This race will be honoured with her, it's for the Phillies and Mares And uh Really even sort of field. I think it's a lot more open than the betting suggests. So uh, the the TRC, the Tasmanian Racing Club, have really tried to make this this weekend something. I think we're in the fifth, sixth, maybe longer year of having Derby Friday and Cup Sunday, and I, I think it works out really well for the racing fans. Yeah, and the Cup is Sunday. We're expecting big crowds, and of course we've got the great Damien Oliver. Is he touched down in the stadium? We do. The goat. He arrives this morning, so he'll be on track today. I believe he's at the uh, Carbon. Con- Carbon Club Luncheon as a guest speaker. He'll be sticking around for the races. And, yeah, for, uh, on Sunday, Pony will be there roaming the GA. You can get a photo with Ollie and the Hobart Cup and selfies. and all How many are we expecting Sunday? Oh, look, uh, I think anywhere maybe up to, to 5,000 would be a good crowd. Um, look, we, we know there's a lot on on this weekend. It's, it's a long weekend as well. Kids back at school, that type of stuff. So, I mean, this is, these are the challenges of having the Cup on this long weekend, yep. particularly for locals. A lot of them go away. But in turn, uh, having Friday races and Sunday races, it's become a real carrot in terms of people flying in for this car. Have we got any of the SEN track team down? 
for this one? That's a good question. I think we're just relying on those that are on the ground. The, are the we? Big, the big Bear Robinson. Got, well, uh, got all bases covered I'll, I'll there. I pinch hit for SEN. Uh, I think most of them will be coming for Lonnie. Actually, Campbell Brown will be here. Right. That's a lie. I tell a lie. Brownie's here. Very good. Now, Snap, uh, relieve my concerns for me because the Bernie Harness races have been cancelled due to the fallout from Ben Yole's runners still not being allowed to race. What's the future of harness racing like in Tassie? Are we worried about this or what? No, we're not worried, Bruno. I think there's a lot of water to pass under the bridge. In the immediate short term, uh, while Ben Yole's runners or Ben Yole's still warned off Tasmanian racetracks and, and unable to race his horses, there might be some meetings that are affected. Bernie is one that is often heavy in terms of Ben Yole runners. 60, 70, 80% of all the fields there would be made up by him and, and you're aware of where Bernie is and the geographical Tassie landscape. It's it's not a track that's frequented by southern trainers and things like that. So it was one that was probably always going to be infect, uh, affected. So we've lost that meeting tonight. Uh, we got a 10-race card at Carrick on Sunday. But going forward, it's Taz Racing's intent to make sure that our current calendar is fulfilled. Uh, whether that means a few shuffles to programming and things like that, we'll certainly do our best. But no, we'll uh, we'll soldier on, Breno. So don't worry too much about um, the future of Tassie Harness Racing while you're on the flight back. And, <laughs> and don't film it again. Uh, I just clicked onto the Cricket HQ app on the weekend just to see how you're going. I saw you were 10 or 12 not out. Uh, and then I believe you threw, threw one away with a pretty ordinary shot. Yeah, it's sort of not my go either, Painty. I kind of... I had the idea of going down the track to hit this guy over mid-off or mid-on, but he bowled a bit shorter and I mowed across the line and got my uh, middle peg uprooted. And I think there was a few guys playing local cricket on the weekend trying to Jake Fraser McGurk a few guys. I think maybe got a little bit ahead of yourself. Oh, no, that's not uh, no, that's not my go. Maybe did get ahead of myself, <laughs> but um, no, not trying to be Fraser McGurk, that's for sure. Well, it's cup time in Tassie, as you just heard. Head south for the big races during the Ladbroke Summer Racing Festival. One of those tonight with the Derby Cup Day on Sunday in Hobart. Chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Snapper, enjoy Derby Day, enjoy Cup Day, and we'll talk to you Monday. Oh, well, I should just add that tickets are available at the gate, so if you're thinking of coming last minute, by all means, uh, go for it. Will you be in studio Monday? You'll be all right? I think AJ. AJ's, oh. AJ's due. Right. Ooh. Handy, handy morning off for you. Yeah, yeah. Sleeping, good man. How about that? The big races roll around and the CEO just comes in chest puffed out, wants to talk. Amazing, amazing. Any text mm. in there on the Harcourt's open line, Tim? Yeah, we've got we one in break? there, Brent, but I don't think it was for us. It says, hey, lads, any chance in the next few weeks we have some AFL players on the radio? Here in southern Queensland, we do have two national teams in the biggest and most profitable Australian competition. So I dare say someone's gone into the app, Brent, and press the wrong show. <laughs> Thanks uh, for listening, Tim, as you, um As you know, I don't have access to the text machine this morning, but I, what I have got is something that slid across my desk. It's a tweet from at 40 years plus Dan Deckchair on X. Can you please ask TD Payne 36 why he was stopped in the middle of Murray Street yesterday in the SEN Tassie VW Ute? No indicators, no movement, nothing. Hashtag King of Hobart. I have no idea. <laughs> Did you block Murray Street yesterday, Tim? Oh, no, I didn't. I wasn't in. Um, <laughs> I wasn't in Hobart yesterday. So, oh, was it this week? Sometime. Don't get technical. Did I'm you block sure. Murray Street at any stage during the week in your brand new car? Not that I'm aware of, Brent. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. okay. I'll right. do some Very thinking good. in Keep the outbreak. Keep them coming in. 
I like it. Dan Deck Chair, keep them coming, please. Keep an eye on our man. If you've got any thoughts on what Tim's up to around Hobart, I'd love to hear about it. Text us in this morning, 0437 555 on the Harcourts open line. We're off to our next break of the morning, coming back to talk all things sport from around Tasmania after this. Harcourt's open line is open for you this morning. Harcourt's results for you. Call us 1342 or text us 0437 555. If you're just joining us, Brent Costello here from Los Angeles this morning. And Tim, I tell you what, I've never heard more sirens in my life than I am right now outside of a, a hotel. It's just extraordinary. What's happening? If you popped your head out the window, you're safe. Well... I'm I'm safe. I just don't sure? know. It's obviously a very big city, but I've just never heard more sirens going off. It's constant. Just wedge something up against that door, Brent. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> but as you touched on, though, okay. the Harcourt's open line is open, Brent. It's just a little bit slow. So I've just got a text come through then that says, please ask Matthew if he thinks Win TV's racing coverage has improved in recent times. Unfortunately, Snappers left by the time that came through, but you could probably answer that, Brent. Give yourself a wrap. Uh what 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 is what do you think the text is saying that there's not enough racing coverage? Are they saying since Snapper's taken over from the great Peter Staples, has the media got better? I'm not sure what the question means exactly. Please ask Matthew if he thinks wins racing coverage has improved in recent times. All right. Well, that's the question for Snapper. All right, I'm reading that, isn't it? Okay. We'll get him on Monday. Next. He said it's else? been much better this week. Snapper just texted. Ah. Through. Don't know why. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything else on the Harcourt's open line, Tim? Or we no, that's it for now. Segment? It's a bit sluggish. We're okay. having some Wi-Fi issues, and Hamish is in a bit of a huff over here trying to sort it out for us. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you about Tasmania's AFL club because we learnt during the week its name, its colours, its logo, and foundation jumper will be unveiled on March 18. I'll tell you what, if it's anything but Devils, I'll be staggered. We've said before, you, you don't go and fight Warner Brothers for no reason, do you? Would you be surprised if it's anything but Devils? I'm the same. I would be staggered. Um, I think it's been common knowledge for the whole time, hasn't it? It's going to be the Tassie Devils. Uh, the only thing that's a bit up in the air is the jumper, Brent, and how are they going to use it? And it seems to me, I don't know, there hasn't been a lot leaked from this board it's a bit tight isn't it it's not like a usual like sporting it. board normally everything gets out I'd, what's going on here yeah I like it I like it when things don't get leaked uh, the jumper will be interesting though won't it because the map's been controversial as we've spoken about on the show before is it I mean do you expect that to all be announced on March 18 it says foundation jumper so it'll be just one by the sound of it will that be the home jumper what will it actually be do you think Foundation jumper. I think that's the one you're wearing straight out of the box, isn't it? It's a big moment then, isn't it? It's a big moment. I think it's going to be a devil's type jumper. And I believe that the map will be worn sparingly. Is that male or is that your opinion? No, that's just... Well, I did read a bit of stuff. Um, obviously, the article was in the Mercury yesterday and I just scrolled through the comments and that seemed to be... The general consensus. Okay, interesting. Have you have you not heard anything? Not really. No, as you say, it's all pretty tight-lipped. Um, but you get your way if that's the case, don't you? Because you didn't want us to wear the map. 
No, I do want us to wear the mat. I don't want it to be the the main jumper all the time. It has to be attached to the club. And even regardless of what they do with the jumper, I would like to see the map on it somewhere. Even just our our foundation jumper. If it isn't the traditional map, I think it has to be incorporated with the devil somehow into the playing strip. All right, we'll watch this space. March 18, it's not far away. It's very, very exciting indeed. We've got uh, some notes here about John Tucker and Lara Alexander. Big day. We might save that for Alex Johnston, who will join us to talk all things politics. That, in our uh, that meeting's this morning. this morning, isn't it? 10.30? Yes, yes. Is it the one meeting, so, or is he having one with John and one with Lara? Do we know? I would have thought it would be both of them at the same time. They have the exact same issues. Yeah, they were on the same team. That's that they right. left together. They're both independents now, so I would assume to be together, Tim. But we'll as save I said, that Alex for Johnson, our political expert. Yes, we will indeed. Jack jumpers, Timmy. Let's talk about that because they're off to Southeast Melbourne to take on the Phoenix tomorrow night. It's a game we should take care of, but they've had the wood over us this year. We haven't won a game against them, of course. I was at that game, actually, the corresponding game at John Kane Arena earlier in the season. The one we should have won. Poor old Majuk Deng missed the the free throw there in the dying moments. And then they beat us on Christmas Day, obviously. So they've got a few out, but um, it's always a danger game coming up against them at the moment. And our record at John Kane Arena is pretty good, so that'll give us some confidence. But um, a game we should take care of. You'd think so. What's happened to the Phoenix, though? They had a little bit of a run at the start of the year, didn't they? Injuries. Bad injuries they've had. Gone. So they're, they're, yeah, they're out of contention. I, I would say... Without having seen the Jack Jumpers a lot this year, this game worries me. I feel like games that we should take care of, we haven't as well as we should. Uh, whereas years gone by, we would just kill this game off quickly. We wouldn't give him a sniff, but hopefully... No, nah, it will be fine. We can... How be many fine. games are you missing for the Jack Jumpers? That's that's probably the more Zero. important. Zero. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, I'm back next Wednesday, and our next game at home is on Saturday. So it's all worked out really, really well. Uh, and I look forward to watching tomorrow night because I arrive in San Francisco about the same time the game starts. So that'll be good to be able to tune in and see that as well. Hey, um, little bit the other of news. little bit of mail through Brent. Um, yes. The ABC understands the AFL remains locked in negotiations with American corporate juggernaut Warner Brothers for the rights to the name Tasmanian Devils. Okay. So it seems there's been not a lot of movement, but Kath McCann said during the week that it's still being worked through. That's not a good sign. Oh, I think it. I think it happens. I think it happens. If you're still locked deep in negotiations, and what have we got till March 18? I'll tell you what, Tim. I'm heading. So if to we Warner haven't Brothers. got the yes, yes, we've we got a jumper put together and what it looks like, and then we must have two options ready to go. Well, surely you just delay the announcement because well, they're not. About it's, the... They've named March eighteen. But surely that could... means we've either it's already done and we've got the devil's nickname, or we haven't and we're looking like the Tasmanian Tridents. This is forever, Tim. <laughs> surely you have the negotiations as long as they need to go to, and you delay your announcement if that's the case. If you really want to have devils, this is forever and ever and ever and ever. Well, that's my point, though. We haven't delayed it. It's. So they it's must be the confident. 18th of March. They must be confident, you'd think. Anyway, I so. as I said, I'm off to Warner Brothers tomorrow. Maybe so wandering there. what I there. will do, what I'll take do... Your, take your SEN pass, walk straight <laughs> in the front door and demand to have our, our Tasmanian Devil, which we actually own, 
Exactly. I don't. This is what I don't understand. How do they own the rights to a native Tasmanian animal? I don't understand. And it looks the, the cartoon character looks nothing like the Tasmanian devil anyway. Yeah, it's and, ridiculous. Well, and for us to get get it back, what is the negotiation about? Are we paying them money, or are they giving it up? Like I imagine, you you don't give something up for nothing. No, that's right. And hey, whether we agree really with them having it. Our- it's it's ours, but we're going to have to pay some money, I would imagine. We will. Maybe you could tip in. You're the man with the, with the cash around here. <laughs> Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land at Pride Attachments. We're running very, very late this morning, but you can get us on the Harcourt's open line, 1300-42-1533, or text us 0437-552-535. Back to wrap up the first hour next here on SEN Tassie Brekkie. Yeah, you're waking up with SCN Tassie Breakfast. Great to have your company on this Friday morning. How are the text going there, Tim? Got a text through, Breno, on the Harcourt's open line. Just a reminder for local cricket fans, the Kookaburra Cup final is on at the Twin Ovals, 10.30 on Sunday morning. Kingborough having Bo Webster and Jake Weatherald. South Hobart, Sandy Bay, Gay Bell, fresh off a 10 And, of course, Sean Willis, run machine down there from the South Hobart, Sandy Bay. Sharks, the bar and canteen will be open. There will also be a barbecue and chicken burgers available. So any local cricket fans, that'll be a terrific game of cricket down at the Twin Oval starting 10.30 on Sunday morning. Get down there and have a look. Very nice. Harcourt's open line this morning, 1300 or text us 0437 Harcourt's results for you. We are breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're off to new sport and weather. Coming back with the superstar Tiger, Gabe Bell, after that. And also, Win News political expert Alex Johnston will join us to bring us up to speed on what's going to be a massive day in Tasmanian politics. That's after this. Join SEN Tassie Breakfast. Harcourt's open line. Harcourt's results for you. Call us 1342 1533 or Texas 0437-552-535. Brent Costello with you from Los Angeles this morning and Tim Payne in the Salamanca Studios. Pony, that was a nice first hour. Very nice, Breno. We've had another text through, though, on the uh, Harcourt's open line. I think it's in regards to your comments about the Tasmanian Football Club board not leaking. It says, morning, boys. Oh. I reckon that's the first time I've ever heard a journalist say that they like it when there's no leaks. Have a great day, BC. That's from Glossy. <laughs> I wonder when someone would pick up on that. <laughs> it's not unusual for you, though. Old Splinters Costello, because otherwise, if you heard a leak, you'd have to break it, and you wouldn't want to upset anyone on the board, would you? <laughs> That's not true at all, Tim. You know I love to break a story, so uh, the more leaks, the better. I was just having uh, a bit of a laugh. Have you hey, had any conversations with the footy club? Are they going to have some sort of court announcer? Are you going to be emceeing home <laughs> games or president's oh, lunches? I- we'll hopefully be covering those games on SEN Tassie, Tim, so hopefully I'll be commentating. Okay. Those games. We'll see. Free of charge for the love of it. We'll see. Anyway, time to get to some cricket because as we spoke about earlier, what a game it was for Gabe Bell at the Gabba during the week for the Tasmanian Tigers. Tim's had a lot to say about this young man and he joins us on the phone now. G'day, Gabe. Welcome to the show. Morning, guys. How are you? We're going well, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, massive win against Queensland earlier in the week and that really solidifies your spot on top of the table How's the team feeling, mate, with three games to go? Uh, the team's feeling really good. Um, 
as I said, I, I think the boys are playing a really aggressive and positive brand of cricket, and it's paying dividends. So to be on top of the table with three games to go, I think the boys couldn't be happier. Belly, uh, on a personal note, mate, your maiden 10-wicket haul, um, you swung the game in the Tigers' favour. Where does that sit for you in um, sort of career moments? Yeah, it's pretty high up there. I mean, as you'd know, I haven't really got a, got a five-pack um, previously until the last game, so it was a pretty big moment to get um, five wickets in the uh, Sydney game and then 10 this game. It's, it's always nice to get some, some personal stuff, but, I mean, helping the team win, that's, that's what I'm in the team for. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy to contribute. You're the third highest wicket taker in the Shield this season, Gabe, uh, which is which is awesome, mate. Uh, averaging six point four a match. What do you put your breakout form to? I mean, you're getting that opportunity now, I guess, which which hasn't breakout. been there all the time before. Breno, the bloke averages twenty four in first class cricket. I've been telling you this. It's not a breakout. <laughs> He's been doing this year on year out when he plays. It's the bad opportunity, Tim, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the opportunity's there. Um... Getting more overs, I think Jackson will always take a fair few of the overs. Um, but no, I think I think the bowling load's just been shared a lot more um, this year. So um, yeah, I don't think I've, I've tried anything different really. Um, just trying to keep it really simple. Um, I'm just reaping the rewards, which is which is nice. And Billy, it must be nice to have uh, Big Billy Stanlake fit and firing at the other end. That must be you know for you who's going to be nagging away line and length and hardly missing to have someone with a bit of Height, speed, and bounce at the other end certainly can't help, can't hurt. No, yeah, it, it was amazing up at up at the Gabba. It was a pretty bouncy Gabba wicket, unlike previous years, where it's been a bit more, a bit more green, a bit more tennisally bounced. So he was he was firing through um, quick outswing. So that's yeah, it's always handy to have um, a bloke like Billy in your team, and he's just such a such a good team man. So he's always so always there for you and um, has a wealth of experience. Although he's not played much first class career he's played for Australia so he's always good to good to talk to about bowling and has he pulled up all right and what's the do you know what the plan is for him going forward is he going to play one miss one or is he just going to keep rolling while he's fit um I'm not too sure I think the all the physios and stuff are really happy with how he went he bowled I think just unrestricted which was which was was the plan um and obviously missed the one day or so um yeah I'm not sure if he's going to be right for the next shield game but I think he's still got eight days to get ready, so I don't see why not. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I haven't heard anything, personally. Young Tiger Gabe Bell is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. I wanted to ask you about the hair, Gabe, because I was always jealous of those beautiful, long-flowing locks, and all of a sudden it was gone. You look like me now. What's What was the decision behind the get rid of the hair? Oh, it was a pretty easy decision. I was, I was stewing on it for a couple of years, so it was, it was always thinning. Um, and I thought there's no time... Like the present, I went over to England in the um, off season and did it just before I went. So I had six months to get used to it before I came back and saw people I knew. So um, I'm really happy with it. Feels a lot better, and yeah, just looking like you is always a positive as well. <laughs> what about the goatee, Belly? You look like you were channeling a bit of a Tasmanian ex Sandy Bay player, Mark Ridgeway, during the week. Yes, yeah, a lot, a lot of positive feedback about that as well. Just trying to change it up. Uh, um, got, got to get to compliment the um the shape head so just going to keep trying to change it up and who knows bit of bit of um bit of caddy Colgrave in there I've heard as well now Gabe before the season a lot of outsiders expected this sort of to be a bit of a reset year for the Tigers I think with all the experienced players who departed does it feel good to prove a few of those doubters wrong 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, internally, we were always looking long-term and at playing finals cricket in the Sheffield Shield and the One Day Cup. Um, and I think back in sort of a bit more youth and a bit more local talent, I think that's really paid dividends, as, you, as, you, as you've said, we're on top of the table and playing lots of lots of young, positive um, cricketers. Mitch Owen won, who's had a really good year. Um, Jared Freeman's contributing bat and ball. So I think it's just really exciting for... Um, all the, all the young guys getting a go and, and feeling pretty uh, safe in, in the team, I think. Just getting the the, um, the backing from the staff and, and the coaches to play their way and just, yeah, back their processes. Yeah, Billy, it looks like a really happy team. I know watching on, on KO in the one day and watching some of the Shield stuff on the live stream, it looks like a team that is enjoying everyone having success, not relying on too few like we probably have in the last few seasons. And... Um, that looks like it's a real key. The boys are up and about and enjoying it, and the and the belief that you can go all the way all the way must be growing game by game. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a massive one. That's a big big factor this year. We did a um, bit of a culture camp before the season started, just to sort of address some not issues, but some areas where we need to work on as a team and as a group, and what we can do to sort of build that culture you speak about. And I think that's paid dividends. We we catch up sort of every month or so just to, to reflect on that and how we're going and then it's a, sort of an open space to um to chat about things that need to improve or things that we're doing well to really sort of highlight them so they can keep keep happening I guess Three games at home, all at home, gave to finish off the season which is tremendously exciting but some really tough competition in the VIX and WA in South Australia How are you feeling about the run home and are you confident you can go all the way? Yeah, absolutely. We we really pride ourselves to be a really tough team to beat, especially at home in our in our favourable conditions. Um, we know that other teams don't love coming down here, cold, usually a pretty green wicket. So, um, and our batters really re- are really up for that. So we're really confident the last three games that we can put some positive re- results on the board. Um, and yeah, just make it a really tough tough place for other teams to play cricket. Fantastic stuff, mate. We're loving watching you go about your business at the moment. All the best for that run home this season, and thanks for getting up early and taking our call on SEN Tassie Breakfast. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Belly. Gay Bell, superstar young tiger, joining us on the show. Can't wait to see how he goes for the rest of the season, Tim. And he'll be featuring on Sunday, Bruno, down at the uh, Twin Ovals in the Kookaburra Cup final. So there's a man in form. Get down there and have a look at the, uh, the Bell Choi. Absolutely. Get down and have a look at that. That'll be a cracking game. Call us this morning on the Harcourts Open Line, 1300 42 15 or send us a text 0437 552 Anything coming through there, Timmy? No, just the same. A bit of audio issues. I'll hand that off to Hamish and um, we'll get Alex Johnson <laughs> in here to speak about all things Tasmanian politics. Look at you. Take us to the break. Very nicely done. Uh, Harcourt's open line. Get around us. And we are breakfast powered by Kubota, of course. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're off to a break. Coming back with Win News' own Alex Johnson after this to talk all things politics. What on earth is going to happen later today? We'll find out next. Well, Tim, as someone famously once said, it's not every day you get to interview your heroes, but it is my great pleasure to introduce for the very first time on our little show, my boss, Alex Johnston, Win News Director. Good morning, my friend. Oh, good morning, Brent. It's great to see you. I had to check what time it is in LA. It's 
quite a civil hour, I see. So I'm glad you've taken time away from the Cheesecake Factory to join, <laughs> to join us. Blown away well, by all... Blown away by the choice, you know. You wait till you get to Baskin and Robbins, you'll have, you'll have a, you'll have a meltdown. It was extraordinary, Alex. To, to try and decide what to have was one of the biggest decisions I've ever had to make. It was unbelievable. Now let's straighten up. A big day Hold on, ahead. Because I, I want to ask your boss if he's disappointed that you've obviously taken holidays. He's is he working from abroad for Win TV or just for us here at SEN? No, he made sure the trip didn't affect uh, his SEN or Jack Jumper's mm. duties. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? He left us at Win holding the priorities. Okay. As someone texted him before, alluded to that the horse racing coverage has improved uh, a little bit. Apparently, and, and uh, Sophie Coral did an amazing story yesterday on the Bernie Ten. So we don't really miss him that much. To be, to be fair, honest. what about over the weekend? We just have a little holiday spread for the Win TV Brent Costello oh. fans because he's, he has documented. Oh. Every single minute of his holiday on TikTok That's so far. We could go with a full weekend spread on the great man. Oh, that organ that he saw the other day. and Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was an experience. Alex, what is happening today, please? We know that the Premier is meeting with Lara Alexander and John Tucker. It sounds like we won't have a resolution from uh, Jeremy Rockliffe's demands from, what was that, early this week or late last week. We will be going to an early election as soon as this afternoon, potentially. Well, everything is pointing to an early election because John Tucker yesterday emphatically rejected what Jeremy Rockliffe demanded of him. And that, to sort of sum up for your listeners, simply is a new deal that basically guarantees the two independent support when they go back to Parliament. Jeremy Rockliffe has said that he doesn't want Parliament to be chaotic. He wants it to be predictable. Well, John Tucker said, no, thanks very much. That's the reason I left the Liberal Party in the first place. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be my own man. Uh, Lara Alexander echoed his comments as well. So they're going to go through this meeting today. Tim was a little early. It's actually at 1.30. So we've got to wait uh, a few more hours to find out. But based on what John Tucker said yesterday, I can't imagine they'll come to common ground. But there might be some theatre around it. I, I don't reckon... Uh, the Premier's going to walk out of the meeting and say, OK, we're going to go to an election straight away. He'll probably say, well, we had a constructive meeting and, um, you know, I made my points very clear and then they'll probably go away and maybe as early as Sunday uh, we might hear the, the Premier say, I've thought about it for the sake of certainty we need an election. But it's tricky because there's Easter coming up. You guys mentioned before the um, unveiling of the Guernsey. I mean, that would have been something that the Premier had on his... Uh, dance card from a fair way out wanted, wanted to be front and center with that so it's tricky to find a great election weekend at the moment so he might just you know um, dance around it for a few weeks to to find the right uh, date but I'd be very very surprised if we go back to parliament because Rockliffe's made it clear he wants certainty and John Tucker's made it very clear that he doesn't want to be uh, a, a liberal lapdog again so <clears throat> Here we are. Who would have thought that the man in the hat from Lyons would be determining the future yeah. of this government? But politics is a funny thing. And if we do go to an early election, what does that mean for sporting fans, for the AFL team and the stadium? It's a great question. So in terms of the stadium, the process has begun with the project of state significance. And of course, that was a process that John Tucker demanded. So it's not like he hasn't got his own way at different times. I mean, he was the one that wanted it assessed that way. It means a much more convoluted uh, planning process than it would have been otherwise. So that process has begun, which means a couple of things. I guess the, the Premier will say, well, we're on our way. 
And then in Labor's case, because of course Labor's been quite confusing as to what it thinks about the stadium, they'll probably say, well, the process is underway and let's see what happens and we need to know the true cost and the government needs to be honest. But a big part of the campaign, I think, will be if, you know, and this is the if, if we go to an early election, will be the government trying to nail Labor down to a firm position. Do you support the stadium or not? And we've heard, I think David O'Byrne might have been on this show. He was saying that Labor's position's confused and they need to sort of front up and say, yeah. are you for it or not? But of course, Labor will say, well, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge and we're sceptical and they'll probably try and have they're their supportive ca- of the cake process. and eat it. Yeah, and they're supportive of the team. Um, they'll probably try to have their cake and eat it too. It'll just be a matter of whether they get pinned down on, well, do you support it or not? What about moving forward, AJ, because we know that Labor has been against the stadium and Liberals have been for it, obviously, and everyone's had their their side. Do you think the the Liberals will really push that line that if you want a stadium, you want a team, vote for us? And and how do you think, do you think they'll get more votes than people realise potentially because there is that strong support for the team than um, there mightn't have been before when the, we, we heard a lot of the people against it come out early, but then a lot of people got behind it as well. Yeah, the Liberals will definitely try and leverage it. They see it as a a big plus for them. Yeah, I agree. Initially, there was a lot of loud um, criticism of the stadium. I think that's died down a bit. Of course, there are still some people who think it's a terrible idea and a waste of money. But in terms of an election-changing issue, I'm not sure. There'll be obviously independents who are clearly against it, and then there'll be independents like David O'Byrne who are for it. Um, So it'll be an election issue, and most candidates will probably be asked to put their, you know, nail their colours to the mast or whatever the saying is. Um, And then, of course, what sort of parliament do we end up with, Mm. you know? Based on the polls at the moment, you'd expect the Liberals to win slightly more seats than Labor, but probably not enough for a majority, which means, you know, the crossbench comes into play. I mean, it'd be very different if you ended up with a Labor government with Christy Johnston and the Greens on the crossbench. I mean, this is all hypothetical because Labor said we won't do any deals, but of course parties have said that in the past and gone back on their word. Or you end up with a, a Liberal government with maybe Lambie people on the crossbench, which is obviously a different flavour again. So, yeah, it's, it's so many hypotheticals, but not heaps changes in terms of the AFL team in the short term. We'd have to wait and see what sort of parliament we end up with. And, and if it was a minority, how does that complicate it? even more so well it complicates it because um minority government is so hard to predict i mean we've we've seen with john tucker swinging his influence what you know people on the cross bench with leverage can do i mean he's changed things already i mean so that would be part of the negotiating um the fact that the premier has successfully got the process underway is a tick on the stadium yep. you know and, and of course labor could have stopped that and that was the criticism of them was like, well, if you're not for the stadium, why would you give the green light to the process? And of course, they've said, oh, we want to see, you know, we want to know more information. So they don't want to be seen as the one that killed the AFL team. That's 100% yep. for sure. So there's so. no chance we mess this up, is there? Oh, no, there's a big chance we oh. mess this up. I mean, um, well, the, the big unknown is, can you build the stadium? Yeah. I mean... Well, March 18, we're announcing colours, logo, oh, yeah. names. Yep. That side of things. But we've still got that no That side of it's going on, swimmingly. On I think home. the club is doing a fantastic job. Kath McCann is a ripper. The whole board are, you know, making really sort of tangible steps forward. But that is a completely different scenario than building 
yep. an enormous stadium. On... But, we, but we don't have one without the other. That's no, I know. That's but the... I mean, I know. But you just can't click your fingers and build a stadium, and it's gone into this process. I mean, the planning process will take so long. How patient will the AFL be yep. if you know after an election or whatever they ring up Jeremy Rockliffe and say, "When's this going to be built?" Oh well, it's going to go through these hoops. So now we're looking at this timeline. I mean, that's the big question mark because yeah. I'm not sure whether you can see Macquarie Point from this studio, but I don't think the bulldozers are down no, there yet. No, like, and Brent's been strong on it from the start that he's he's a believer there's no way we have a stadium in time for the timeline that's been set out. I mean, look how long it takes to build, build other big projects. I mean, I think the timeline is ambitious, to say the least. Um, anyway, the, the head of Macquarie Point was out and she was very um, upbeat and says there'll be a concept plan midway through the year which will give everyone a better idea of its footprint and then exactly how much it costs because of course the 715 million dollar price tag is sort of like mm. <laughs> you know probably at the bottom end of the scale you'd imagine and the federal government kicked in what are they kicking 240 million but they're saying oh we want our money to go to the you know other parts of the project so that's still the big unknown yeah what about if it is going Just, ahead how does it work sorry Brené if and can the government and how would they pivot and go to Macquarie Point 2.0 if that was the preferred option? I think the only thing that would shift them to 2.0 is if they got some feedback engineering or something. Now I've got I'm I know nothing about nothing, but and engineering I know nothing. But if if they were told, oh my God, this is going to cost so much more because of this the work we have to do to the site, and then the same people say, you know the regatta point option is less of a hindrance but that's a huge project too i mean you you're building it over the water i mean both sites have you know from a layman's point of view seem to have big challenges ahead of them but yeah it would take something fairly monumental for the government to shift labor may come out behind the regatta point one or at least say that would be their preferred option um but still, their main concern is the price tag and the priorities of spending and that sort of thing. And either stadium is going to be very expensive for the taxpayer. Fascinating day ahead. We could talk about this all day, AJ. But you can catch all the latest on the Mighty Win News tonight from 5.30. And uh, you'll be right across it, no doubt. Uh, it's going to be an interesting old day. But as you say, AJ, it mightn't be the, the answer we're looking for today, but you feel like... And an early election isn't too far away. Thanks for your time this morning, great man. Absolute pleasure joining you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm, you know, I'm here when you need me. <laughs> Alex Johnston, Win News News Director, joining us to talk all things politics, and he does it very, very well indeed. You can get us on the Harcourt's open line this morning. Call us 1342-1533 or send us a text 0437 552535. It's SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Here is new sport and weather. Bit of temper trap for your Friday morning. What a great song it is too. Sweet disposition. And this is an exciting moment of the show, Tim. This because is Because we've had huge. to grovel and suck up and just be very, very nice to our next guest because you sacked him unashamedly but too. You I, were very, I did. Um, well, I didn't yeah. sack him. Bear was aware of his contractual agreement that he signed <laughs> that he had to continue to win, as was Damien Wright, as was Gene Fair, and all the other guest tipsters we've had on our show this year. If you don't win, 
you don't stay. We put a high priority on winning races and making money for our listeners. That's fair. We speak of the great Richard Bear Robinson, who is the people's champion. He was the most suggested person during our Hobart Cup giveaway blew with five nominations. Five, it Timmy. Blew had. up. I didn't know he had five phones, but there you go. <laughs> the family does Welcome that. Welcome back so to the show. Right there. <laughs> Hello, boys. How are we? We're Very well. well nice to have you back on board, my friend. And just in time, too, ahead of a big few days of racing in Tasmania. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I actually think this is the most exciting weekend for Taz Racing. I know, I know personally I love getting upstairs today. Like I've got a little crew, uh, Robert Devine, Matthew Gapin and Toddy Ooh. Struthers. We're all heading up there. Goodness um, me. They mm. asked, is there any dietary requirements? And I actually put on the form, I want unlimited coronas. So, well, uh, what would Robbie be after? <laughs> well, there's an over and under line of Robbie Devine's uh, intake in terms of beers. And right. it's set at 18 and a half. So he <laughs> thinks he'll have that covered Quite by Quite day time. for it. <laughs> uh, now, Breno, I believe there's been a bit of mysterious audio sent in by someone we don't know. Anonymous really? person has sent in... A little bit of audio since it was announced that the great man was coming back onto the show. Here we are with tipster of the month for the media and Richard Robinson in second. Percentage of turnover, 50%. That's very tough to do on a consistent basis and $4.86 the average price and striking about one in every three tips. Pretty impressive stuff. Bear, Bear Robinson down there and he'd be happy to get a little win over his man there, Matty Reid. Snapper Reid getting the job done. Unfortunately, Snapper's finished fourth, but Bear's clearly on top there on second. They cost that. <clears throat> Mysterious yeah. audio sent in by Bear Robinson himself. Well done, Bear, for seeing that through. But, um, but Brent, that, they are we good spoke stats. about this. We spoke, they're great stats, and we spoke about this during the week about cricket. The important thing about selection is you pick them while they are in form, and the man sitting to my right <laughs> is running hot at the moment. So, Bear, hit us with your best bets and make us some money. Jeez, I'm coming in on a heater here. Um, there's one in today, race six, number eight, anyways, Roxy. Now, Troy Baker, if you're listening, last start you got caught three and four wide, and you probably openly admit it wasn't your greatest ride. Well, today you've drawn barrier one, mate, so you just hold on to the fence and get out of the 250 and explode. No excuses. No excuses, and, and if you don't do what I'm asking, I'll be over the fence today as you're coming back to scale. So... Race um, six, number six. No, race six, number eight. Anyways, Roxy, it's about six dollars fifty. So you can you can back it each way, Brent. So you can run one, two, and three, and still make money. <laughs> Thank you, Bear. I, I didn't know what a place was, so appreciate you explaining that for me. <laughs> um, what about over the weekend? What else you got for us? Uh, I'm I'm sure Snapper probably touched on the cup. I didn't hear him earlier, but I, I reckon he probably would have mentioned Alhambra Lad. It's obviously the hardest to beat. Um, it's two dollars thirty, so that's quite short, but. The way it went last start, it's going to be really hard to beat. But there is one in that race called Travelling Gigolo. So, was that named after you, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> no, Terry it's not, Reed. Richard. Goodness Whack. gracious. Yeah, no, he, someone needed to clip him today because yeah. I don't know if you listened this morning. He gave me a bit of a clip that yeah. was a bit out of order, actually. Tim, so, thanks for Tim, that, Bear. I appreciate you that. You had me all morning. You had me now, all morning. It was deserved. The Harcourt's open line, we've got a text through. It says, question again. It's been a little bit late today. I'm going to pin this on Hamish. Uh question for Alex it's hard to see how Labor will deliver our license if in power do you reckon they will continue to plan to secure our teams or will they completely ignore the issue in their campaign that's from Jeremy well that's what we need to know they need to have a position and Alex said they might dance around it didn't he by saying that we'll wait and see what the process is like well I, I think the voters will want more information than that 
and what it looks like moving forward. They're going to have to have some sort of stance, in my opinion. Well, obviously. Thanks for no, that. No, but more than, what, more than what Alex was saying, though, Tim. Tim, okay. Alex said that they'll probably say that, oh, we'll have to wait and see what the project will take significance, blah, blah, blah. That's ages away. Voters well, will want to know where they stand on the Maybe you could use some of your political ties and get us someone high up the chain in Labor in next week. Okay. We'll see how we go. It'd be, it'd be good to get someone on, to have a chat about I mean, we, it. would be two like. huge guests in two weeks with the bear back and <laughs> maybe the opposition leader. See how you go with that. All right. Well, I'll go better than you who promised us Mitch Marsh, Ricky Ponting and someone else this morning and gave us absolutely nothing. Oh, my COVID, God. Brent. COVID. Let Tim, boys you throw them out there. <laughs> no, no, Don't I start didn't. me on that either. Come Don't on, start let's stick, me on that. Let's stick to the rundown, please. Are, are we done here? People want to hear from the bear. He's given his best bets. (laughs) Write them down. This man is on fire. I tell you what, though. It's been a bit of a history. He's on fire when he's off this show. And when he steps up to the big league, he gets a bit gun shy. So I'll be fascinated to see (laughs) how he goes this week. And if he's back in studio with us next Monday. Thanks for your time. Richard Bear Robinson. Enjoy Derby Day. Enjoy Cup Day, and we look forward to talking to you next week, potentially, if you go well. Yeah, just before I go, Brent, um, Labbrokes Marquee on Cup Day is fully sold out, so um, that's exciting that the punters are coming in. So well, that's what you do. There's going to be plenty of Beach Club vodkas in our tent as Absolutely. well. So I'll be promoting that heavily. Sensational so, product. Right, if you're out there, that passion fruit uh, cart, and you still haven't delivered it to my house in Luna, so please pass it on. I'll send it, I'll send it on to you, mate. <laughs> Uh, chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It is SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Harcourt's open line is open for you. Harcourt's results for you. Call us 1300 42 15 or give us a text to 0437 552 Back with our favourite segment, Questions Without Notice, after this. On SEN Tassie Breakfast, questions without notice. Is indeed where we throw each other a question without notice. Tim, I'll start with you. The Gold Coast Suns unveiled a three-year plan this week with the goal of winning AFL and AFLW premierships by 2026. Are you a fan of clubs who release these bold long-term strategic plans or do you think it makes them an easy target for criticism if they fail? I think any sporting team at that level is going to get criticised if they fail. So I don't have a problem with it, Brent. Um, I, I don't see why it needs to be released. I think every AFL club or sporting club or business would have a strategic plan. Clearly, they would be aiming for success. Why it's just not kept in-house, though, I'm not sure. Um, I suppose it's the new age when fans and supporters and sponsors want to know, you know, what are we doing? What are we working to? What is the goal? What is the plan and how are we going to get there? So, um, you know, you, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't because if it doesn't work, you're going to get smashed. And if you're not putting enough stuff out there for your fans and your sponsors to engage with, then you get nailed for that as well. So um, I don't mind them. I'm just not sure if they need to be released to the public, Breno. Uh, should Jack McVeigh be the favourite for the NBL's Most Improved Player Award? Do you think any of the other Jack Jumpers could be in the running for any of the remaining awards? 
Oh, Jack would have to be right up there. He's had an unbelievable season, so consistent. Um, and to see his progression, even since he started with us, has been extraordinary. So I'd be stunned if he wasn't in the conversation. Uh, the other awards, uh, MVP, probably not. Um, development defensive player. Of the, uh, defensive that, player of the year, sorry. Defensive player yeah. of the year, probably not. Sixth man of the year. I would have had um, Madruk Deng there for uh, the first half of the season before he got injured. Yeah. But uh, obviously he's missed a lot of basketball now. Coach of the year, Rothy's had it, done a great job again, no doubt. But... I think um, Tatum from Illawarra would have to be the coach of the year with what he's done with that group. Good story. Boy, Scott Ninnis probably hasn't won enough games, but what he's done has been remarkable. And Dean Vickerman as well. And even John so, Reilly. I mean, he's... What about he's, CJ? Um, CJ probably out of the running, Tim. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tim, how big of an impact will Ricky Ponting's appointment as Washington Freedoms head coach have on increasing the legitimacy and eyeballs on Major League Cricket? Yeah, I think it will certainly help give it some credibility. Um, but I think every player I've spoken to that went and played in that competition loved it. Now, I'm not sure if it was because the facilities were great and the standard was great or if it was in America and they're looking like in two years' time when we're playing home and away and you're travelling to New York and you're travelling to LA and you're playing a game in Dallas, I think it's going to be a destination league if they can get the facilities and the infrastructure right around it, bringing in someone like Ricky to lend its, his name to that competition is only going to help. So um, it's certainly going to help increase it. I don't think it's going to get it over the line. There's still a bit of work to be done. But I know, speaking to players, it is certainly a tournament and a league that they have their eye on going to play and they want to experience. They want to have six weeks in America. So um, it's going to be an interesting watch. But, yeah, Ricky certainly will help push that competition in front of more people. Uh, Brent, now that you've seen an NBA game in person, what's the one takeaway that you would bring back to NBL game day experiences, especially given your role? Yeah, not a lot, to be honest. People say the NBL is the biggest or second biggest or the best league outside the NBA. And from what I saw from my one game so far, we do a bloody good job in Australia. Really do. Like, obviously, this is on a grander scale over here, bigger stadiums. But the whole game day experience as far as big screen, uh, everything that goes with it, it's pretty similar. And the thing I did like, though, when Utah won the other night, confetti dropped from the roof, Tim. Maybe that would add something to my state wow. bank arena after a Jackie's game. Someone's got to clean it confetti. up, though, Brent, don't they? I oh, know. It would be a terrible job. What terrible about job. around the venue and outside in terms of activation? Do they do anything better than us there? I mean, America normally do things really well in this space yeah i didn't notice a lot um i did get some free toothpaste on the way out the door the other night that was that was handy um but no not we got there we got there pretty early as soon as the doors opened we were in there watching the boys shoot around we wanted to go and have a look at that so i didn't really take in the concourse itself but no i didn't notice a whole heap to be fair be interesting to see tonight then you would imagine it would be a step up in all that yeah, well, it's a big day here too because Kobe Bryant's statue is being unveiled outside the stadium, uh, which wow. is huge. There'll be people everywhere down there. and Yeah, so to see uh, Lakers and Nuggets feel pretty pretty special to be here today. Probably got time for one quick one before we go to the break, Tim. Now, this is interesting. I asked Scott Roth this in the press conference after the Jack Jumpers game the other day about Jack McVay potentially playing for the Boomers. Here's what he had to say. You know, anytime you have a chance to do that, it's great. Um, it's just, uh, I think, a very... Um, unusual time of the year to be doing this. You know, I think um, the teams that they are qualifying against um, are not overly strong in general. 
And there'll be some teams that won't be playing in the finals, and there'll be plenty of players to pick from also in those areas too. So it's a balancing act between um, where you are in the season, uh, where you are on the standings. Um, you know, you're talking about guys going away for seven, eight, nine days with travel, and then coming back for two days to get ready for a finals game. So um, those potential things are um, difficult and difficult decisions to be made. Uh, we leave it in these guys' hands of actually, at the end of the day, what they want to do. Thoughts, Tim, because um, uh, a really quick thought, too, because we're about to go to a break. Yeah, well, it's a hard one. I mean, any time as a player you get the chance to represent your country, you're going to want to take. But obviously, the Jack Jumpers having finals and other teams playing finals, and that being the holy grail, winning a premiership, that's a tough one. I mean, if you're Jack and you're probably not going to be in a full-strength Boomers team, do you want to go and risk your final series filling in for guys who are away playing in, in different leagues at the moment? Probably not, but it's a hard one well, because it's a, an opportunity to play for your country. We'll unpack it more in the coming weeks when the Boomers hit the floor. It'll be good to have a, a good deep dive into that. You are locked to breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're off to our final break of the morning, coming back to wrap things up next. Oh, yes. One of the great songs. You too, beautiful day. It is a beautiful day here in Los Angeles as I look out the window. A little bit of cloud cover, but it's been horrifically wet here, Tim. So it's nice to see a dry day out there. What's on for your week, please? Or weekend, I should say. Uh, a little bit of golf, actually, Brent. Actually making a comeback for the Uni Lions on the Saturday, too. So I'm going to have a hit on Saturday just for uh, a bit of wow. fun. Wow. Why not? That's quiet. Uh, and we've got some text just to roll through here, Brent. One from uh, well, your very mate quickly, Josh. Tim, the music's on. Says, Tim, up. stop blaming everything on Hammer. You are the highest paid person at SEN. Step up and take some ownership. Fair enough. Another one here just said, just a tip for Brent when he's in San Francisco. Double check what's in your gummy bears that are sold on the sidewalk. <laughs> Walk. Learnt from that experience. That's from Kicker Collins. And one from David. We're going to get out of here, Tim. I'm going to cut you off because it is the player in the competition, Brent. SEN Tassie Breakfast. We'll see you Monday morning for Super Bowl Sunday.